0: Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, Discussing Photography, a podcast all about the things that we love about photography. This is Focus on Rotation, where I have different hosts joining me at the desk as we share and learn each week. Come and enjoy this week's episode with us. Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, Discussing Photography. Hi, I'm Steve Finkel, and I'm flying solo on this episode. On this episode, I want to talk to you about composite images. What is a composite image? Basically, a composite image is an image that's made up of a number of different images or components that could be sourced from different pictures at different locations. Composite images can really be a useful tool. For those people who have dabbled in making composite images, you know how much creative license it actually gives you to create stuff because you can you can create stuff that that is simply not really practical to do or even possible to do in the real world so we've seen composite images used a lot in advertising so a lot of advertising you know the wonderful campaigns you see the big billboards and people are flying through the air and catching a ball and people are doing all these types of weird wonderful stuff quite often they're composite images and so these things are all put together so how do you start creating a composite image. Most people will start with a base image. So the base image is the kind of, I suppose, the framework which everything will sit in. So sometimes that base image will be, uh, say for argument's sake you had a picture of a a warehouse. So it's a dark warehouse and you're gonna have people flying around doing different things and you're gonna be introducing them into that scene. So you've got the base image. What I suggest to people is get an idea in your head what you want to achieve with the image and how you want the final image to look at, then think about all the components you're going to need to do that. So, when you go to create your first composite image, you'll need to select a base image. So, the base image, like I said, it could be something that you've taken. And I take a lot of pictures of places I go to where there's like, you know, if there's a vacant car park or a, a vacant warehouse or a vacant, you know, block of land or whatever, I quite often snap these pictures. Not actually knowing exactly how I'm going to use them, but I just think they could be a good base image that I could put some other elements into. I also take a lot of stuff that when I'm out and about, if I see something interesting, I'll take a picture. I'll keep a kind of a catalogue of of images. For many years there on, on Halloween, I'd create composite images and I'd use some base images that I've taken from various different places, but then I'd quite often bring into it toys that were made for Halloween. So these be pictures I might be in a you know, in a toy shop or I'll be in a supermarket and i have a display and I'll just snap a picture of something that I know I'm gonna, you know, bring into that image to to make it that Halloween look. And then sometimes, you know, I'll have a scene where I've got I've captured a storm, so I've got lightning in the sky. So some I might use some of that sky for the lightning. So these are things like I said you use to build up and create an image. So the best composite images are usually planned. So when you have a plan on how you're going to put it all together and how you're going to create the elements. One one thing I suggest people try and do if they can is, is, I mean, some people do use some stock imagery in there to help create the image. But I think you should always say strive to, and that's probably okay when you're first just kind of experimenting. But if you want to start really creating your own composite images with your own unique flavour... Try and actually create all the content that goes into that image. So rather than using stock images or borrowing images from somewhere else, try and go out and shoot those images. And like I said, I shoot a lot of stuff randomly, and people say, Why are you shooting that? I said, Well, I don't really know exactly what I'm going to do with that, that, that particular thing. But at some point, I will um, have an idea and I'll be looking for that, just that element to add into an image to complete it. And so sometimes composite images can end up being, you know, three or four photographs to many, many more elements. A lot of the elements can be introduced. The other thing is when you're creating, say, a composite image and you're wanting to someone to, you know, jump or fly through the air, when you photograph that person jumping and flying through the air, it's a good idea if you can get yourself a, like a big white backdrop. So you can shoot it in front of that, which makes the transition when you incorporate that image into your composite because essentially what you're doing a lot of times is cutting stuff out and pasting it in and then trying to blend it in so it actually looks natural. One of the challenges with composite images is that trying to get the lighting. So you've got to just be mindful that if you've got a window and you don't want the people, the back of the person to be lit you know, when there's a dark wall behind them, Yeah, the light should be falling. So sometimes the the elements you need to do add to make the image look correct need to have the light source coming from the same direction as what the light source in the in the picture is or the base picture that you've create you know, using to create your composite image. So what's I suppose the, the most common way to create composite images? I suppose most people use something like Photoshop or another photography manipulation program that allows you to be able to go in and create different layers so basically each image becomes a layer and then they become layered together and eventually you'll blend all those images and produce a final jpeg at the end with all that collective um, of elements like wherever it be all the different layers are all in there together which um like i said results in the final image so composite you can really let your head go. And that's the one thing I love about composite images, that you can have an idea in your head and you can actually bring it to life. So people often talk about composite images. Is it photography? Well, at some point, it starts off as photography, but then it becomes digital art because you're manipulating and you're adding different elements. I still think that once you've produced, if you've produced all the elements that are used in an image, you're still a photographer of that image even though you didn't take all those elements at the same time. They could have been taken over a period of different time. And, I, and I've seen some really cool images you know, created where I can just remember a photographer telling me about a, a, he'd taken a picture of a Viking boat, I think it was, in a museum, thinking that one day he'll, he would um, do something with that. And then now need to create this amazing picture Like it looks like they're at sea and the waves are breaking, And but he's got that, um, Viking boat is the base image and then he's been able to add all these different elements. And you can get quite creative because sometimes when you're creating elements, just remember when you're putting them into a, into something like a um, composite image, you don't need to create the whole thing. So sometimes if you've got a, you know, you're trying to create like a treasure chest or something, you only have to dress up the front part of it to make it look like a treasure chest. The back of it just can be, a, you know, a, a cardboard box. Um, but the front, you can obviously um, do some do some work to make it actually look like it's um, what you're intending it to look like. So sometimes there's a bit of smoke and mirrors type stuff with composite images that basically, you know, not everything in there has to be kind of real because you are creating an illusion. And that's I suppose a really good way to explain what a composite image is. You're creating this illusion, and or you're creating this idea uh, that you've had in your head, and you want to bring it to life. In an image, so I'm talking about composite images. And if you haven't, you know, gone out and do done a composite image, I mean, quite often people use composites to do things like head swapping. So if you if you have a situation where you're doing a bunch of family portraits and you're taking a number of shots, and then all of a sudden, but you've got one perfect shot, but one person's got their eyes closed, but the shot before they had their eyes open. So you might people do a kind of a composite thing where they'll take that particular image, the head from that image, and then put it into the image and create one great-looking image where everyone's smiling, everyone's looking at the camera, everyone looks happy and content, even though it didn't happen in a single frame. It might might, might have been made of um, two frames or more frames. It just really depends. And so, so it is a good technique to be able to, to sometimes correct things that, you know, when they don't always work out in the real world, Um, having a being able to take an image from or a part of an image from another photograph and then blend it together to create that composite so do you need any real special skills well not really i mean you do need a i suppose i think you need a good imagination because sometimes you've got to be able to kind of envisage how it will look finally and sometimes it's trying to get the balance of the componentry right so you know the um scale can be a problem with composite images that you need to try and keep everything within scale. Um, if you're just pasting and dropping people in, you know the scale can get out of hand because it can look like this person's bigger than they should be, or they're smaller than they meant to be. So those things you've got to consider as well, is where people are placed in the image and how that will dictate to the viewer. So because what you want to do for the viewer for composite image is you want to take them on a bit of a journey, but you want them to just believe that it's real. You know, and I think that's fantastic when people just believe that the image is real, even though they probably know in their mind that it's not real, that you've you've created um, using digital techniques and photo manipulation to get there. But, I mean, that's, I think, the thing is, and that's why some people will call it digital art, um, but I'm, you know, I still refer to that type of stuff as composite imaging. You know, for people who have got, and a lot of people do have access to things like Photoshop, There's a lot of tutorials how to to do composite images on the web. So you can go and have a look and and see some of this stuff and work out how to to use layers. And layers is quite simple, really. You know, layers is basically, in the old days, people did collages where you, you know, and a collage is, you know, an old photo collage is really technically, you know, it's a composite image. You've taken elements from other images and you've pasted it together to make a new image. And really that's what composite is. You, you know, you hash together all these different elements to create a brand, a brand new image that previously didn't actually um, exist. And like I said, it's so much fun. So people who do kind of get into experimenting and planning of composite images tend to really enjoy it and really enjoy some of the results that you can get. Sometimes you can get quite quirky too because you can obviously, you know, I talked about scale, but sometimes you might really want to embellish something so it allows you to to uh, emphasize something um, that's not normally so prominent in the picture that you want to make it very very prominent for whatever reason but it gives you that enormous creative scope to be able to go um, backwards and forwards within the image and creating these different elements to it you're listening to photo mission focus i am talking about composite images that process of rehashing and adding stuff together to make something completely new. And like I said, I think if you haven't tried it, once you try it, it's something that really does, I suppose it really does hook you, like you do really love what you can actually do. And there's some incredible photographers who are really kind of niched down on making composite images. And there's a couple of reasons too, like why some commercial photographers might actually do create a composite image. Quite often sometimes the budget doesn't, stretch for a photo shoot to be able to go to some of these you know amazing locations but they might have a base shot of that location that they can use and then they can introduce elements into it and then people believe they're looking at a looking at a you know these people are sitting in a in a cafe in in france or somewhere or you know for the eiffel tower out the window where realistically they could be sitting in a studio somewhere and those shots are being set up in a studio and position and that's the one great thing about having like a base image is that you can use that too because you know how to arrange people. So you want people to sit a certain way at a chair. So if you were kind of going to transport these tables and chairs into a scene and so as a position of the viewer looking at them, you can position those and get people's positioning and looking at you and things on the table and those things are arranged so they all look natural when you bring them into into the new scene. So that just takes a little bit of planning. So sometimes you'll shoot stuff and you'll realise that it, it's it's a bit off, the angle's not right, the chair won't, you, you've kind of, the person's leaning back in the chair and it, you can't make it look right and if you try and straighten it and then everything's out of kilter. So they're things that, you know, you've virtually got to have a kind of bit of an eye for when you're shooting it. each element that you shoot is created in such a way that you can blend them together. The other thing with composite images is it can be built up where you can, you know, we've seen things where someone, they've taken a picture of someone, the same person, doing various different things in the house, you know, in the kitchen, baking and sitting at the table, reading the paper and then, you know, vacuuming the floor and then cleaning a window and doing all these different things. So they're composite images and there's a process you can do which is really... Um, interesting and it's called locked off camera and that's basically where you set the camera up so your base image is being shot it's not a sh- shot that you've taken somewhere else you've put the camera on a tripod you've set the camera up on the tripod in such a way that it doesn't get moved it stays in the exact same position and what you do is in between each shot you're taking the, sh- the next shot but you're introducing a new element so you're introducing another person or the same person doing something different. So that's a really good technique to get started with because it's very, very easy then um, to start to blend those together in Photoshop because when you're using, say, um, one of the tools like Reveal All and you're using the paintbrush and you paint around people to expose them, they've already been in that situation, Like they've already been in that position so that cupboard's behind them, all those elements are there because you haven't moved the camera, so you, you can create, like I said, as many frames as you wish with you know, and that's a good technique. like I said the locked off camera technique is a really good one to get started doing composite. So think about this, you don't want the camera to be accidentally moved because even if it moves a little fraction, you're going to have trouble then when you start bringing in your layers and exposing it if something moves, like at the corner of the wall is slightly off. So the trick is to use, typically set the camera up, use a use like a trigger, a remote trigger. You don't want to actually be going near the camera if you can help it. It's always good to, to have, um, in that situation, to have the camera set up in a tethered situation to like a laptop. So you can actually be viewing, so that helps positioning because... On the laptop, you can bring up the picture of the previous picture and then you can just go back to the live view and work out exactly where you need the person to be standing before you take the next shot. So when you do blend them together, you're not having two people's hands overlapping or, or, or something else that's going to be difficult to kind of um, separate out. You want to kind of make it look natural, like you know, if, if it's a, the same person doing multiple things, you want them to kind of be kind of each a little bit isolated from each other. you don't want them you know really interacting. Um, not to say that it's not impossible to do that where you'd have you know same person shaking hands with each other that that would be possible. It just takes a bit of a bit of skill lining up and doing the taking the shots. I remember I did a, a composite shoot for one of the album covers for um, Focus. I think it was the imposter syndrome mine where basically I'm taking a picture of myself. And then I've taken a picture of myself again, my head face turned, then I've cut my face off and I've got like I'm peeling the mask away or moving the mask away and, you know, behind that my own face as a mask. But I set all that up and knowing that where the positioning would work and, again, there's different things, like I said, techniques you can use where you can basically, like I said, I like using... Um, a tethered situation so you can actually see what's going on. I like it so the camera is not being touched so you know you've got no issues with when you're trying to blend those images together. You don't have any overlapping edges, you don't have anything that you have to try to you know, compensate for in the final image and it makes it look natural. One of the other things is you need to be when you're doing the locked off camera type shooting, you want to kind of um, control everything as far as lighting you also want to be able to control the white balance so typically you're going to lock not use auto white balance between shots because what can happen is you can end up with different color gradients happening in the picture that you've then trying to you have to try and match up so if you basically set it for the the, you know the the ambient light that you've got whether it's be set to daylight or whatever and then shoot at that then you don't have to kind of adjust and try and do different things similar with the exposures you try and keep the exposures very similar you don't want to have big variations between each frame that you're going to bring in to the original frame so that technique like i said is called locked off camera Um, if you go and research it it's a very very easy one to start with like i said to have the camera in one position taking the background shot and then just moving the elements around within it it's a very similar process, too, to doing stop-start video. I mean, um, I enjoy making stop-start videos, and it's pretty much the same situation where you'll have the camera set locked off and you'll be able to you know, move the, move the pieces that are in the um, stop-start video around within the frame to, to make them look like they're moving because you're taking multiple shots and just moving them very small amounts. That's kind of a video take on composite photography because you're basically doing the locked-off camera technique and you're moving the elements around and you're photographing multiple times to get actually so get a result. So that's one thing you can you can obviously do. I said like when I first started talking about composite images in this podcast, I was talking about basically, you know, you can take a you have a base image that you could use, like a picture in a warehouse or a cafe or something that you're gonna move it in. That's different because, you know, it's been created at a different time. Whereas when you do the locked off camera technique the pictures can be made very close together in time. But like I said, it just makes it, I think, really easy, an idea on how to create a composite image. Again, like I said, there's lots of good tutorials online that you can go and search composite image. Some people think composite image is cheating. I, I think, you know, look, it, it depends on what you're trying to do. I mean, it's cheating if you definitely make a composite image and you try and pass it off as a real photograph. To me, that's cheating, you know, but if you... A creative composite image because you um, want to express something and you can't do it, or it's just not practical to do it. You can do it within the, you know, using that technique. The other thing, which is kind of like a composite image as well, is some cameras can do in camera double exposure. So basically, you can, you know, have two things, two frames basically brought together using the camera's double exposure techniques and I've created images like that where I've taken a picture of a, of a glass and then I took a picture of myself and then I'm pretending that I'm actually inside the glass and I'm trapped inside this glass so the scale of the glass is obviously looks like it's big enough to hold me but obviously that's because I've been able to play around the scale of the two images to make it work and you know the positionings of my hands when I took the shot was like I'm inside a you know glass cylinder and I've got my hands up against the, the wall um, looking out. So again you can pose those those things. I've taken various different shots like that too. I've taken one of breaking out of an Easter egg where you you know you break an Easter egg apart and you peel the fore back and you've got the whole punch in the egg and then but then you get down and take a picture of yourself and you kinda like put your hands in the position where they would be coming you'd be coming out of the egg. And again it's you've got control over those elements, over the positioning of things. So it just takes a bit of practice and playing around with to try and get those th- make it look natural to make it actually looks like you are crawling out of an easter egg or or you're in you're stuck inside this giant glass so to speak and again but there's said techniques as well like you know in-camera double exposure is like I said it is a composite technique and even to the just um, i suppose even to the things like hdr in-camera hdr is 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 technically a composite image as well because Quite often, an in-camera HDR is taking three separate images and then blending them together to get, you know, to get a high dynamic range. And typically, so for people who may or may or may not know what HDR is, HDR is typically where one picture is taken slightly overexposed, um, another picture is taken at the correct exposure, and another one is taken a bit underexposed, and the three elements are blended together to increase the overall dynamic range of the image and sometimes when it's done well it can look really really good if it's overcooked it can look really overcooked unfortunately and a lot of hdr images in the other days people did push the boundaries and i um, probably made them look a little bit um unnatural but again it is a kind of a technique which basically is a composite image because it's using multiple images to create one and that's all composite is it's just you're taking multiple images and you're creating one brand new image out of a whole bunch of images. And like I said, it can give you, you know, the I suppose the ideas are endless. You know, if you sit down and think about it, it's always a good idea when you're doing um like a lot of different, when I mean, there's going to be a lot of different elements, you can do a bit of a storyboard. So you can basically kind of sketch out roughly the overall image and then you work out what pieces you need to shoot to actually be able to put it in there. And again, it becomes... A challenge sometimes trying to get the lighting right keeping the lighting uniform so it doesn't look like this one's really a lot of light on the side of this object but the thing right next to it which would normally have light on it as well it doesn't have any light on it and they're the challenges and sometimes like I said there's some very very skillful photographers can actually make it look like the whole thing has been lit naturally and they've got the shadows perfect and they've got the, everything about it perfect even down to things like you know catch light and stuff like that they've been able to mimic that in there and dial it in so it actually looked like it could have been all taken just in a single frame but it wasn't so next time you go looking at some of those amazing you know billboard photography have a look at and just try and work out maybe how many elements are in there how many how many images do you think the photographer actually shot to actually create that composite image sometimes you can work it out sometimes it's it's a bit more difficult and sometimes it's great too if you're doing, a, you know, in advertising quite often, if someone's doing a um, shot of a fleet of vehicles and they're doing it as a promotion, like to say, you know, we've got, you know, 40 vans on the road any given time. They don't ever have the 40 vans all back in the same spot. That They can actually create an image with 40 vans by reusing the same van over and over again but moving it around and again using that kind of locked-off camera technique. You know, that's on a bigger scale, so don't think about just the locked-off camera technique inside. Um, you can do it outside as well. And you can do the same thing like in a car park with vehicles, where you could go to a car park that's um, empty on a, on a weekend or other time, park your vehicle there, and just keep taking shots and moving your vehicle around, putting having it reversed in sometimes, have it front in, and you know, create a whole car park of your vehicle. These are just ideas to give you an idea to play with something just to go out there and try that technique and just use it to create something like you normally wouldn't be able to create just with your normal camera gear. So it is a lot of fun. Like I said, some people think it's cheating. I think it's just a part of the the whole digital process that allows us to do these things. And and look, um, composite images where people would do this in the dark room where you'd use different negatives and exposing different you know, bringing a couple of negatives together in a way that created an image where there's two things happening. So it's been around, the, I suppose the concept's been around for a long, long time. We just have so much more tools at our disposal now. We just have so much more power, I suppose, With the, and look what's happening now with um, with some of the programs like Photoshop where sometimes you can, you know, change the sky and you can do different things. And But some of the blending tools just really give you and you can change like the light direction and shadows and different things. And as you get more and more into using those programs, you actually find there's a lot of tools in there which you probably thought, if you'd come across them previously, you thought, why would, they, why would these be in there? Once you start doing composite images, you understand that some of these tools are really, really handy when you're trying to create something and trying to make it look like it was taken as one shot. And I think that's the ultimate goal if you're really get into composite photography is that you get it to the point where, you, where you, when people first look at it, their first assumption is, what an amazing photo, how you were so lucky that, you know, the seagulls were all holding, the, you know, picking up all these chips at the same time or whatever. But you can then obviously go and say, no, actually, it's, it's, it's taken five or six different images to get that result. And again, like I said, it's just a, a tool that we have as photographers. And sometimes people do get kind of, I suppose... To the point where, like I said, they'd, they'd like to try and create everything in camera, which is fantastic. But sometimes it's good to have that little bit of a play, that little bit of an escape, to produce something a little bit different um, that was created outside of the camera. I've been talking about composite images. Um, this is Photo Mission Focus. And we just love your feedback on different things. So if you've enjoyed any of our episodes and you've got any suggestions for future episodes, by all means drop us a, a message. Um, Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on our various different social media platforms and on your favourite podcast app. We're available on most of the podcasting apps. And I hope you just get out there and explore and try some um, composite images and just see if you can create something, a little bit bit of magic that you can do with composite. Uh, Until next time, um, happy photographing and uh, enjoy. Thank you. that's all for this episode this week thanks for listening if you enjoyed the show please leave us a comment and don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast app and social media sites remember photography is a pursuit where there's always something new to learn safe and happy shooting everyone